Can I say I won't give it up? Dan Thompson. Mike Florio. Yes. Michael Anthony Florio, sorry. No. Oh, okay. No? No, man. I thought, what, what's your middle name? Anthony. My middle name's Arthur. Augustus? Uh, no, it's Brian. Arkansas. My middle, <laughs> my middle name's fucking Brian. <laughs> uh, Mike Florio and Buddy Banks. Yeah. Uh, sitting at my kitchen table to talk about drums. Uh, so I'm not going to say much. I'm going to kind of let you guys do the thing. But um, Dan and Buddy, you haven't been on the podcast before. So maybe we start with you, Dan, just um, kind of where you grew up, what was an early inspiration for you, and maybe some early musical memories, kind of just. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm a native of Phoenix, and I started playing when I was about 12 and a half, and then I ended up moving to Kansas City started lessons at the age of 13 from a guy named Charles Day. He was like a 30-year-old straight-ahead bebop jazz drummer. But he also, you know, he taught me rock and jazz and snare drum music. And I studied with him for about a year. And then I kept hearing about this guy named Bill Zikos that invented the clear drum set Hmm. and how awesome he was. So I switched to him after a year with Charles and... Um, Bill kind of ended up being like a, a dad to me. <clears throat> my parents were divorced. I lived, lived with my dad, and he was at work all the time and didn't really pay much attention to me, which actually worked out great because I was just banging on drums all right. the time, right? I right. was just kind of yeah. left on my own yeah. in the basement with a drum kit. And I found out I could quit school legally at the age of 15, and I, I didn't like school because my dad moved once or twice every single year. Hmm. So I never like really developed close friends or anything. <clears throat> and so I, dis- I bulldozed my dad into let me quit school when I was 15. And I stayed home and practiced drums eight hours a day for a year and, and wh- while studying with Bill Zikos. So I had like a pretty much program worked out for me, you know, like for the eight hours every day. A lot of days I did like 10 or 12. Um, and then when I was 16, I joined the union and I asked the guys at the union, how do I get work? And they said, just look in the yellow pages under the booking agents and call them and see if any of their bands need drummers. So when I got home, I looked and opened up the yellow pages and went for the biggest ad and called that guy and asked him if any of his bands perhaps needed a drummer. And he goes, yeah, my number one man is auditioning drummers right now. So gave me the number, I called him, went and did the audition a couple of days later, got the gig, and then off on the road I went. Holy shit. And, and I, I've been playing nonstop ever since. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot to unpack. Um, so, so but, all right, so what was the thing that even got you that inspired to to bag everything else? I mean, what? Well, like, like a lot of other people, the... You know, early on, it was the Beatles, but sure. it was also all the other rock bands. And it was all kind of oriented around rock. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the when I once I started drum lessons, like my first teacher, he gave me an al- a double album of Tony Williams, his first album called Emergency. And I started listening to that and was just completely blown away by Tony Williams. So at the age of 14, I'm like totally into Tony Williams. And then I found out about Buddy Rich, which is a big yeah. band, but awesome drum solos. 
and I just I I fell in love with a drum set. So anything that anybody did on a drum set, I I just like chased it. Yeah, heavily. And so I didn't I didn't have like any boundaries as far as music went. I just loved all of it, you know, anything that and, was really good. And was your dad into music? No, I mean, uh uh. All my, right, so, my brother played guitar a little bit, but not much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I actually started on guitar with my brother at the age in fourth grade and played for about eight months, but I didn't like the guitar. I just knew it wasn't my instrument. Yeah. So I was gonna either play bass or drums and I happened to see a drum set in a window one day, and I just thought, that's, that's going to be it. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. And I took it home and set it up and put on a Bugles record, and it was just easy. I could play right along. Right. And beat number one, right? It was like, right. it just came really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have the, the hope or, or idea that, that you would do like a, a, a brother band? You know, like you and your brother would go out and play out. Was that ever like a thing for you, or was it just like, no, I'm doing my thing? A, a teeny bit, not yeah. much. Yeah. Not much. Yeah. He didn't yeah. have the he didn't have the skills then. Huh? He was more into drugs, <laughs> <laughs> which could be cool. Drugs, <laughs> yeah. I, That's also. I had my share of that too, thanks to my big brother. <laughs> One day he goes, "I'm going to be a drug dealer." He bought a bunch of LSD and he goes, "Dan, I want you to take these ten hits of acid to school and sell them for me." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." I sold. I went to school. And there's a little fat kid came up to me that was a friend, and I sold it. He goes, yeah, I think there's this chick that wants some of that. So I sold a hit to him. She took it, and she took it that morning. Oh, God. So around 2 o'clock during science, <laughs> she's like peeking on LSD Come and on, freaks man. out and tells the teacher, no! And I was busted on the first day. Oh. <laughs> Your <laughs> career as a drug dealer was very <laughs> short-lived. Yeah, <laughs> Walter, some Walter White shit. <laughs> I can just imagine, you know, 16-year-old girl in science class, right. like, yeah. something is wrong here. Mike, I know uh, I know a little bit about uh, what got you inspired, and maybe just just give us a, a, a Cliff Notes version of, of of growing up and the, the the big musical inspirations in your life and and where that was going down. Yeah, so uh, I guess my father. It starts with my father, who mm. I mentioned to you on the last thing. Played yeah. was a jazz guitarist and sort of messed. He had drums and sort of messed around with. Different instruments. I mean, so I had drums at the house. Yeah, cool. And uh, do you remember the make or any of that? Yeah, they, I do. Yeah, Torador. Okay, wow. Right. Yeah, I, I think the enough. snare drum had nine lugs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, or not even nine. Maybe <laughs> five on top, four on the bottom. Like Zimgar cymbals. I don't know. Zimgar. Yeah, but, so uh, cool. There was a lot of jazz being played. Yeah, yeah. And I think I told you he would take me to this club just down yeah. the street where. To hear Joe Morello. Yeah. That's and, so awesome. Yeah, man. It was do you, it, do you recall if they played Take Five that night or No I don't know what they played, okay, but yeah. I know it was Joanne Brackeen. Wow. And I wanna say Eugene Wright from Brubex. Yeah. And and Joe, man. And it was it was nuts. And that led me to other things. Like you started there and that led right. me to like Philly Joe sure. and Elvin Jones. Yeah. And then Tony and then all all the lineage, Jimmy Cobb. 
but but that drummer was connected to Brute back then. Or yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. That, that was, was the guy. His main drummer. I got yeah, you. That was the, the drum. Yeah, that was a hit record. Believe yeah. it. Or not. And yeah, he was a really big drum drum hero, and he was also a very incredible teacher that taught many many successful drummers. Really? Yeah. But he, like, how, like how did you get hip to that guy? I mean, just through that record, that Brubeck record. Yeah, Take Five was probably originally how I got introduced to him because he did a solo on. Take five, which is in five four, and it was just a really great solo, very tasty. Hmm. Yeah. What was the tune in nine? That, Ooh. It was in nine Wanda eight. And Alec then, Kirk or something, or Alec Turk. Alec Turk. Captain Kirk. Okay. <laughs> and then they would swing, and it, it would yeah. Uh huh. Ah, uh, yeah. It was. That was a cool. Tune you know, when you're nine, that shit is like, yeah, that's. <laughs> What is this? Yeah, right, uh, right. And, it's and from then, another planet. And then that launches you, for right. me anyway. I don't know. It launches you into, by the time you're hearing like Larry Young and that Tony Williams emergency mm-hmm. record. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even want to try to figure it out. I, I was just like, this yeah. is, I'm, <laughs> I'm short bus when it comes to figuring out. <laughs> it's like, these guys were blown. overwhelmed? Yeah, I yeah. felt overwhelmed yeah. a lot and yeah. by it, but. I never made a conscious effort to sit and try to pick it. Not that stuff. Uh-huh. Other stuff later, sure. Right. But um, but I feel like we've been through this. Yeah. In uh, I don't know. In my, in, I feel like it's a pretty boring story. But no, I just wanted to kind of get a get a ground level, you know, and then we can expand yeah. from that. No, that's a great story. Your dad being a jazz guitarist. Yeah. And- you know, I told Brian. Uh, you know, it, he asked me. <laughs> And uh, some friends and family got a kick out of this. He asked me, so he was encouraging. Yeah, he was encouraging. And then one day he wasn't because he became critical. And it was, especially as my palate expanded, you know, I'm in there listening to like Black Market by Weather Report. Right, yeah. And he's, he's, what is this yeah. shit? And I'm mm-hmm. like, shit, you know. Yeah. And we're like, like we're coming to blows. And you know, wow. I got my wow. ass kicked from <laughs> over jazz. Right. <laughs> over jazz. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cat started some jazz. <laughs> <laughs> some jazz. <laughs> of all the things, you know. Wow. But all roads led to here. Yeah. And I started to hear guys here. You yeah. know, it took me a while. Yeah. I've been, I'm going to tell the story of when the first time I heard Dan. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, I wanted to go home and kill myself. Oh, no. He was fucking burning, man. <laughs> Buddy, let's talk about um, growing up from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, Ohio. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about some, you know, some records that were influential to you, kind of when you found the drums and maybe when, uh, well, and what brought you out here ultimately. Okay. Yeah, um, so... <laughs> The interesting thing is, my dad was my biggest influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told me I started playing at two years old. Wow. I don't remember learning, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, but I grew up in a church, and I had a, a bunch of uncles, and it, it was a musically inclined family. Yeah. Um, so brothers and sisters, brothers sisters. Uh, although I'm the oldest, uh-huh. but I have older cousins gotcha. that was drummers. Uh-huh. Uh, I have uncles that was drummers and organists and stuff like that. Yeah. And watching them almost every day of the week, because we was in church almost every day. You know, we had Bible study, yeah. we had the, right. the deacons yeah, member. At this event on Monday, yeah. and I got to go yeah. back on Thursday exactly. for the. And then they put a tent outside to get everybody. Anyway, so. Did, did they have a good gospel band? Yeah, they had a good. Everybody was yeah, really good. And I would, I would sit by 
like behind the drums. Uh-huh. They had a chair for me there. And I would just sit there and I would just watch every drummer that came up and I would just be like, man, wow. man. And, um, and sometimes like doing offering and stuff like that, I wasn't able to reach the pedal but my uncles would put me on their laps and let me play hmm. everything up top oh, and man. it would be my foot pedal. That's cool. So, you know, um, that was like I, the first thing I remember about playing drums. Hmm. Um, but my dad was also a minister of music. Hmm. And then there was a point where everybody left the church and there was nobody to play the drums but me. What wow. do you mean? Like all the musicians found other gigs or something? Uh, yep. or? Okay, gotcha. They you. were moving on, doing other things. Ah, okay. You know, uh, some of them kind of just left the church, period. Some of them just went on the road, and right. some of them, you know, right. doing whatever. Sure. Uh, and I was just left there. And at seven years old, that's when I got my first job to play at the church. <laughs> wow. About maybe $12 a week or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was, uh, I mean, you know, I didn't know at the time. That was gaining a lot of, like, you know, courage and stuff like that to play in front of people, not scared to do, you know, Whatever it is I knew, I really didn't care. I was like, drums, I'm banging. Right. Let's go. Did right. you have a favorite drummer at that age? At that time, um, my dad played in a band called The Latest. They were a local band in Cleveland. They had a, a hit record called uh, Just Starting Over. The drummer in that band, his name was Joe Moon. Okay. That was the guy. Yeah, so you, you idolized that guy, yep. right? Yeah, I that's awesome. That guy. Yep. That's awesome. And, yeah. and what kind of music was it? This this it was kind of like, uh, like top forty band kind of. No, thing, it was or? like a seven, almost like a seventies funk thing, but it oh, was kind of cool. like spilling over in the eighties though. You uh, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, almost like Rick James. Got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So and then uh, you know it was a lot of gospel until I had about twenty. And I started going, I went to school, you know, I, I didn't really learn how to read music early mm-hmm. on, of course. So I wanted to learn. So then I went to community college in Cleveland and that's when I started learning jazz. And it was like overkill. Mm-hmm. It was like every jazz record that existed, they were playing in my head. So yeah. I, I couldn't really remember who all these cats were. Right. Yeah. But I started picking apart like, you know, the Brian Blades yeah. and mm-hmm. the Tony Williams and... Right. Um, let me see, uh, Louis Belson and yeah. Buddy Rich. You know, yeah. it, it 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 went on. I mean, they that history class mm. was nuts. But mm. Cleveland's a big jazz town. Clifford Brown. Yeah, and, Clifford Brown. Yeah, yeah. You know what I, mean? I yeah. love that guy. Yeah, Joe Lovano's from Cleveland. <sighs> I think that I didn't know. Yeah, we were. Uh, who was I talking to? Maybe it was Lamar or Jermaine. But just the history of music in Cleveland was yes. interesting to me because you know when you think about tour routing, it's it's in between. You know what closest Detroit and yeah, and sure. Western New York, like Buffalo, right? So right, right, Buffalo, you'd hit yeah. Buffalo, hit Cleveland. So yeah. it's like along that classic routing line, exactly street road. You know, um, yeah, and, and, it's, a, it's a port city. So exactly, there's, 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 there's that yeah, too. There's that, yeah. right. You know, so good clubs, musicians traveling through, yeah. mm-hmm. and you have an incredible scene. And every, you know, some some cats maybe started there and moved on or landed there, you know, yeah. so adding to this really interesting dynamic and interesting scene. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I had an uncle, a great uncle that I, I didn't get a chance to meet. Um, so my grandfather was a pastor and he was like one of the first pastors that had like a radio show hmm. and hmm. they would play on the radio show. 
well, James Brown was coming through hmm. and he heard the radio station and he heard my uncle playing. And when he would come to Cleveland, he would call my uncle to play for him. No, oh, yeah. come on. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. Yep. So, so it's funny you you said that, but yeah. it was it was you know and, that kind of thing was going on. And local radio was huge. Was it a tastemaker. It was yes, and it they're was. you know they're spinning a lot of local stuff. They're spinning some national stuff, maybe some international stuff. But it that that was the hub. Like that's where you yeah. discovered new music. And mm-hmm. That's it, man. Holy shit. Yeah. Get yeah. a call from James Brown. Like, yeah, come man. Come on. Yeah. Man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So what what ultimately brought you to Phoenix um, and when was that this was um, I finally moved here in 2010 in 2007 I was in LA and I just happened to stop by here to see uh, Lamar Gaines and Will Gaines and uh, we we had a gig somewhere in uh, in Tempe somewhere and uh, and I was stopping through mm-hmm. to move back to Cleveland uh-huh. and I told my wife I said you know Arizona <laughs> What time of year was it? Hold on, first of all, because oh if this shit was, some, if it, it was February, yeah, okay. So, oh my so, yeah. god, so that's what I'm in. saying. Let me yeah. tell you, yeah. yeah, come on. We were here when we were when we weren't rehearsing. We were out like playing basketball and drinking and shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> on the way back to Cleveland, when I got off the plane, it was a freaking blizzard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> I was like, what have I done? Yeah, so you turned around. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And the thing is, my wife, you know, when I told her about it. Um, she was like, okay. And we stayed in Cleveland for about three years. And then she was like, I can't do this no more. Right. We gonna have to figure out something. Yeah. What, what you want to do? Yeah. So I started applying for schools again and I applied for full sale and I applied for the conservatory and full sale. I think financial aid was giving me like 11,000, but the school was like 80,000 a year. Oh, no. And then, um, the conservatory was like seventeen thousand for the whole course, uh-huh. and they had Sally May to kind of help me out and everything. Yeah. Um, I told my wife, I said, "Well, Will and Lamar and Gaines, they're there. We can get our trio back together. Yeah. I won't have to worry about working with nobody in right. town but them." Right. Um, now, and, did you work with them before? In oh yeah, we had a we had we started our trio in like two, in Cleveland. Yeah, in Cleveland, okay. Ohio, in okay. two thousand. Wow, cool. Somewhere wow. between two thousand two thousand one. Wow. Yep. So that's the trip. Yeah. And then next thing you know, she, I, I I went I went somewhere to a gig or something like that. And I came home and she had both schools call me and, and they were like, yeah, we, we need to get you to come out in the next two weeks. And I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. Uh-huh. But I, I actually came out to visit the school. And next thing you know, about maybe uh, three months later, we were on the plane. Wow. I mean, we were driving. Wow. We were packing up. Wow. Did yeah. you go to school? Yeah, I went to I went to a conservatory in 2010. Wow, awesome. And did it there for a year. So you should have been able to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to have just fix all this shit real quick. <laughs> hey, buddy, you know, I, I remember uh, Connie Cole hired Lamar. Okay. In the last, uh, I don't know, in the last maybe six months of both, Jay. And I had known, I'd known about Will. Wow. And you guys were playing at Bobby C's. Yeah. Yes. And I was going to hire you, but I said, let's go check it out. And it was so fucking burning, I got mad. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, there wasn't another, I'll call it contemporary, fusion, whatever you want to call it. There wasn't another band that I could even recall playing like that. Wow. 
and you soloed and i remember the late uh terrence james yeah t james yeah you played a solo you took the whole room out I think I was oh, crying, I about that. <laughs> and Terrence James said, "You're terrible." He yelled it out. But the, the best part of the night was meeting the Gaines, the Gaines brothers' parents. Oh yeah, yeah, they were here. Yeah. And then Lamar, who never said, you know, we know I've yeah. known him now for a long time. Mm-hmm. He didn't say much back in the day. He said, "I'm glad you guys appreciate this. We put a lot of hard work into this shit, <laughs> and it." It was killing, man. Wow, man, thanks. And man. so I hired you guys to come to Voce. Sure did. You came sure in with did. no, you played my drums, but you had those little Yamaha drums. Yeah, yeah, the the menu cachet. Yeah, yeah. Man. But it was burning, man. <laughs> man, that was. And it was times. and it was scary. Wow, man, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> he come into the club, my ass would get tight. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, my ass would get tight. No, man, you know it was it was really scary for me, man, because you know new cat coming in town, I didn't really know what to expect. Right. You know. Uh, I've been in places where, you know, not everybody's going to hate you, but not everybody's going to like you either. So, you know, I've experienced that and that, and that's cool, but I didn't, I didn't know, you know, what to think of it. All I knew was I got these guys that I've been knowing Mm -hmm. forever and we know each other. Mm. If, I got nothing else. I got that. Yeah. I'm going to have some fun. And what were they saying? Were I mean, you obviously hit them and like, hey, I'm thinking about moving out. Like, what what were they, what kind of messages were they sending you regarding the scene here and, you know, you know work availability and all that shit? Man, that was, that was a long conversation. I mean, it was, yeah. it was years. They were here for three years and wasn't even on the scene. Right. Nobody even knew it. This right. is like when they were when Lamar was driving trucks, Truck, right. and I think Will was working at Bank of America, and I would be on the phone with them all the time. And they was like, "Yo, man, there's no scene here." Huh. And I was like, "There's got to be a scene, man. That's just something. It's a big city. It's got to be a scene it's somewhere. Got to be somewhere, man." Yeah. But I think they're, they they were networking in in a, in a, like ASU mm-hmm. area and mm-hmm. and um. I don't know what it was like back then, but uh, that was a long conversation. Yeah, I had I had moved to um, to Vegas before before I came here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I moved around a bit, but when I was in Vegas, I think that was the time when uh, Will was playing at Black Forest Mills. Black Forest Mills. Yeah. Yeah. That's when they started telling me. They was like, okay. There, there's a couple gigs out here. I think you can work, man. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, if if nothing else, you know, we 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 we'll pull up on the street and just kind of just plug in and just yeah. and just start playing and see uh-huh. seeing who want to put put us in their club. You know what I mean? Right. D- Dominic Amato, I left. He goes, let's. Voce was slow. It was like a week week day. Yeah. He said, we're gonna go to. You got to hear this bass player from Cleveland. Mm. I said, all right, I'll go. It was an R and B thing. I yeah. think it was Chris on drums. Hmm. Yeah, and this guy's and playing all that. He's grooving, but still playing some shit. He said, Mike, you got to hear his brother. He's driving a truck now. <laughs> and I needed to replace Rachel Eckroth. I said, mm-hmm. well, just have him come down. Mm-hmm. And Lamar came down on a, like a Saturday. And mm-hmm. uh, he knew the whole set. Man. And like he Man. got up after two tunes and Connie goes, no, you don't have to get up. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I was I might have been there that night I, I definitely remember that happening Please don't get up I yeah. hired him on Monday I was like yeah. hey, You wow. got the gig the, Don't fuck it up And we'll be cool right. <laughs> He was great He was awesome wow. You and know I, You know Lamar is one of those guys man He wasn't hard on us You know By Verbally or anything like that um, 
just by what he did. Mm-hmm. He made us like, oh man, we gotta we gotta pull this thing together. Cause he, I don't know, it's weird. He got this kind of focus where he can just kind of block everything out, and you can try to distract him, but his focus mm-hmm. is is yeah. locked. Wow. And we weren't like that, you know. what I mean, we were we was, we was trying to <laughs> we was going to the clubs and yeah, yeah. And we was trying to bring chicks home and shit Hell like that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that not him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, his his. His focus is is impeccable, man. Yeah. He, he made us get on our shit he's got without awesome. saying a word. Without saying, it was like wow. it was just, by example. Yeah, he's got yeah. harmony facilities, he's got yeah. shops, and he's mm-hmm. got that feel. Yeah, man. Yeah. Have yep. you played with him, Dan? A little bit, yeah. He's got that yeah. feel, man. It just yeah. makes life easy, man. Yeah, man. Dan, let's get back to you. Sure. Um, so what what's the next step? You you you're Obviously, you you drop out of high school. You're 15. You're when well, do you, so I, I went on the road when I was selling 16. Drugs. Selling drugs, selling yeah. LSD, getting busted, <laughs> cooking meth. Buddies in church. You're selling <laughs> drugs. <laughs> what we got here? Uh, I went on the road when, when I was 16. And uh, wait, so who was the artist that, that hired you? Oh, they were just like local bands from Kansas City. Okay. And the um, the first band was uh, Ab- Abigail's Orchard. Uh, but it didn't last long. It lasted like eight months. There was two brothers in the band. They kept fighting, like oh. cussing each out, each other out on stage. So it didn't last too long. That's not good and then the next, I called the agent again, and it gave me a, this other band. It was this guy named Chuck Howard and the Baloney Sandwich. They it was three white guys, and three black chicks. The guys dressed up in bib overalls with rhinestones. So, but Chuck Howard, Chuck Howard was a singer songwriter from Nashville, and he actually had a a tune or two on Ringo's first album, Sentimental oh. Journey. Oh wow! So he was, you know, pretty successful. Yeah. And I, I played with him for about a year and a half. And then um, my dad kept us away from my mom for like 10 years. And I finally found out that she was in Phoenix and, and contacted her. And I came out to visit her. And it was like I hadn't seen her in 10 mm-hmm. years. So it was just awesome being around her. So I decided to move from Kansas City back to Phoenix, where I came from. And... Um, the, the, one of the next bands I got into was a band called Catherine Chase, and she she had like a show group, and I was with her for a couple of years. She had a Catherine was half Cherokee Indian and half Italian. She had black hair down to her butt, and and mm-hmm. was a great singer and looked great. She had an uncle that was in the mafia, and he got got her set up to be it. Um, Harris in Lake Tahoe the same time that Sinatra was there and so we were in the lounge and Sinatra was in the big room Sinatra would come and sit at the front table and watch wow. us wow. and then we would on the breaks we'd go down and sit with Frank and Frank really loved her and during the day Frank would let us go into the, the main showroom and watch we got to watch him rehearse uh, like the big band with wow. a string section wow uh, Frank also let, let us sit at his table like right up front for one of his shows wow. I wasn't a big Frank Sinatra fan I never really liked him yeah. but after seeing the show I, I, I got it I've you know like it it was like I was exposed to something pretty incredible right. and the big band you know was just really amazing um so you're mid-20s at this point I, i'm 18 jesus 18. Christmas. and and 
I had finally gotten tired of the road. And At 18? Yeah. Jesus. After a couple of years of driving around all over the country. And I wanted to study jazz. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to study jazz piano really bad. That's all I could think about. And, and when I was... Uh, like during the day, I'd go up and look at the piano charts for Frank Sinatra, and, wow. and I was just like totally amazed. Like, what is all this shit? Yeah. It was just mind-boggling, and that's all I could think about. And I told uh, Catherine and her husband, who was the manager, uh, that that I that I wanted to quit and just go home to Phoenix and take jazz piano lessons. Holy and they're shit. like, "No, Dan, you don't quit because we think that you might be able to." we might be Frank's opening act. And, oh, my God. And I'm like, ah, you know, I, I, I was kind of... It's not really my music. I, I don't, I I'm kind of not a big fan of... <laughs> I call him Frank. I don't I know. What do you call him? Mr. Sinatra? That's fine. <laughs> I was pessimistic about it. And and I also thought, well, maybe if and if he does take her, he probably would put another band behind her. I don't know. Right. So, But I just had to go. So I left, and three months later, bam, Frank took her as his opening act. No shit. Yeah, but I was still friends with him, and, I, and they invited me me to again sit at Frank's table the opening night at Caesar's Palace because they had been booked there for a year and a couple of weeks before that night the opening night I got a call from Catherine and she said the show's been canceled Frank's mom went down in a plane accident up uh, in the mountains near Reno uh, and they can't uh, find her they couldn't find her and so Frank finally organized his own search party and went up and found his mom like scattered in pieces all oh over my the place God. and he canceled the rest wow. of the whole year oh my god so in a way it was kind of like whew. <laughs> right, but but oh, they did whoa. go they did go back Frankie. and I think they they worked for Frank for a year and then Frank offered them a deal where he would get, I don't know what the percent was, probably 15% or 20 of, of her career for the rest of her life. And her husband turned it down, which was a dumb mistake. Wow. Because by that time, they thought they could make it on their own, and they couldn't. So anyway. Holy moly. I, and then after that, I came back to Phoenix, studied jazz, jazz piano lessons. No shit? You yeah. actually did that? Yeah, and went to MCC. They didn't have enough uh, piano players, so I had to play piano in the big band, which was like way over my head. Yeah. But but it was a great learning experience. And then I just played around. Uh, the band that I really wanted to play with was Charles Lewis. Like, he was the jazz cat in town. Yeah. And I was able to get that gig within, like, eight months. So then I played with Charles for about five years, Charles and Alice Tatum, and then just played with a whole bunch of other bands. And then I think when I was around 35, I met Lyle in a recording studio, and then I ended up being his drummer for 16 years on the road. Yeah. Did, do, is this correct that... that um, Todd took your role, like took your gig as the drummer for Alice. Is that is that right? Like you were maybe moving on, and he, and he happened. Yeah, to, was that what that was? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah there was. I don't. I don't know if I should say all that stuff on this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I kind of fell in love with Alice, right? But I was yeah. married, and she was married. Yeah, and the whole thing just got kind of ugly. And I decided I gotta, I gotta. Go, I gotta get a divorce and I'm just gotta go. So yeah. I told Alice I gotta leave. Yeah. He did. He did. And she goes, Well, who am I gonna get for a drummer? And I go, Well, there's a new guy in town. 
<laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> the new guy is Tashi. <laughs> you know, I, I got, if you don't mind, I'm, yeah. and, and sorry, buddy, we're, this is like decades. Of oh, yeah, 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 man. I'm <laughs> we're we're, we're going to get like, back to Cleveland. I'm, I'm going to make a couple sandwiches, buddy, and I'm just going to sit here and like, watch okay. the movie. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not hearing any of this. I'm not. Um, <laughs> what does that I, even I, mean? I heard, Dan, I was young, probably 19 with Charles. Yeah. I don't remember the night very well. But it was a few years later, I was living on like 48th and McDowell, and he had a residency at a hotel. I don't know the name of the hotel, but the room was called Churchill's. Yeah, Churchill's Pub. Huh. With the great Carmela Ramirez, and the, what were they called, Phases? Yeah, Phases. So it was yeah. Carmela, Linda, Linda Caldwell, yeah. And a keyboard player named Anita Padilla, who sounded like Shaka Khan, man. Yeah. And yeah. It was like Felix and then John Murray. Yeah. And I would go over there. I had like six bucks. You know? <laughs> and he would be on fire. Yeah. And I'd be like, fuck, man, this, <laughs> this cat, this cat. <laughs> and then I followed you in the John Riley and Carefree Lounge oh, Act. Oh, right. Wow. What, the, what is that? What is that? No, nah, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those. But he, he was... He was... The Phoenix version, in my opinion, of Vinnie Caliuta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching the Grammys, and he out comes Danny and Ray and all these cats from uh-huh. here with yeah. Lyle. And I'm like, yeah, this could be done. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you killed that gig. I oh, watched thanks. the solo the other day. We, we started with Mallets with Lyle. Oh, right. Yeah. That's a burning solo, yeah. man. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Thanks. Mm. <laughs> Austin City Limits. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Jesus, man. Uh, and wait, you played with Acoustic Alchemy. Yeah, I did. As a yeah. percussionist. Yeah, I started out as percussion, and then one day the manager goes, can you replace yourself? And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, can you we, find yourself a sub? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, had yourself? A, we had a bass player and a uh, drummer from Germany, and but they, they would bitch about the American food every day, the American this. I mean, bitch, bitch, bitch every day. And what band was this? I'm sorry. Acoustic Alchemy. Okay. Uh, two guitar players from London. And so anyway, they, they wanted to get rid of them because they're just bringing the vibe down every yeah. day. But they were great players. Anyway, so the manager said, could you play drum set and program all the percussion parts? Hmm. And at that period of time, all the right gear had just come out like hmm. they came out with the new mac classic which was a- able to run this program called vision wh- which was a sequencer mm. like mm-hmm. like the that. top sequencer and they they had just come out with drum modules with you know pretty good percussion sounds in them hmm. so i just i programmed all the percussion parts plus i added in a bunch that weren't on the albums and then just had a click and just played it out every night. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So I replaced myself. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I wanted to remind you that on Thursday, November 10th, in Phoenix, Arizona, at the Womack on 7th Street and Bethany Home, we're going to do the first of what I hope will be many shows. So the story goes... Show. I don't know. I'm terrible at this. There's going to be a bunch of bands, bands that you love, artists that I have been chatting with for the past year and a half. We're going to get together and we're going to celebrate. 
Santan Brewing Company is going to be there. There's going to be food. There's going to be drink. There's going to be live music. Very soon, we will have a ticket link to purchase. It's a very limited seating. I hope you can join us. It's going to be an unforgettable night at one of my favorite bars in town. Join us. Mark your calendar. Can we talk about Todd Shuba? <laughs> That's I, the hi, Todd. <laughs> hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. We, like, we love you, Todd. We miss you. I, miss I wish you, you were here. <laughs> <laughs> He's grouse hunting in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he, he built a he built a crossbow out of uh, <laughs> yeah, small trees and, re- and regal tips. Regal <laughs> 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 Well, what do you think? How about? Um, Kind of that moment, that moment early in these careers, um, where it became passion, where it be, where it became a career. You know, it, you took mm-hmm. that passion and and, yeah. and said, "All right, this is the this is the moment." So maybe, buddy, you can start with that. It might get a little dark. Let's go. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we sold Dan just sold LSD. So I don't know. <laughs> Man. Uh, All right. So I mean, you know, there was there was a point where. I was kind of like, I was in high school, but I I was playing at a church, Uh of course. And I wanted to do what everybody else was doing, man. So I started selling drugs. Yeah. And I hit the corner. (laughs) Here we go. You know? (laughs) And I was the worst drug dealer ever. (laughs) 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 I absolutely didn't make nada. (laughs) Die. I'm telling you, I was the worst. Were you and, doing too yeah, many of them? I'm, hey, you, know. <laughs> you got to taste the supply, <laughs> right? You know, sell that shit without knowing. Yeah, man, it, it, it was. I, I was worse at managing and everything. It and it, it was terrible, man. I, I shouldn't have been doing it, man. But right, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so along the way, um, I, I, the, my environment, you know, I was around everybody else who was selling drugs. And, yeah, and we was out at night. And I remember uh, I met a, a friend through a, well, I met someone through a mutual friend that had a car that I wanted to buy. He was a drug dealer too. And um, the day that I was going to get the car, we he came and picked me up, and we went to the DMV, and he stopped at a store, and somebody jumped in the back back in the back of the seat and pulled out a gun and uh-huh. was like. Oh you know, man! Drive around the corner, give me all your money and everything. So, wow, wow! That was the first time I had been robbed at gunpoint, uh. and um, you know he told me not to look at his face, so I couldn't turn around to see what he was doing with the gun. I didn't know if it was loaded, or whatever. Yeah, and I'm just in the car like this the whole time, uh. and uh, I really feared for my life. And later that night, you know, I was like. Man, you got to get your shit together because mm. none of these people you hanging with got the skills you have, got the talent you have, right, or the, yeah. nor the goals. Right. Um, did, you, did you pray to Jesus? Oh, yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, yes, too. Yes, I did. Many uh, times. Oh, man. Plenty <laughs> of times for many other different yeah. reasons, including that. Yeah, me too. So um, that's when it's it's kind of funny. It kind of ties in with kind of what happened to you a little bit. Um I locked myself in the basement and I watched drum videos after drum videos after drum videos during the night and during day. 
I spent eight hours. I'm not saying it's just because you said it. Yeah. It's funny. It's my story is out there. Yeah. I spent eight hours a day wearing my neighbors out. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's when my passion became uh, like, okay, you can't right. be selling no drugs. You gotta you gotta do something with this gift. Uh, and um Do you remember what some of those drum videos were? Like who were the players? Uh I I watched a lot of Kira Jimbo. Wow, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who, yeah. who was that? This a was drummer at, from Japan. From Japan. Huh. Yeah. Yep. And he had uh he had it, you could like find his stuff in like the, the drum section of Guitar Center and shit at the okay. time. Yeah. And um, so this you is it YouTube is it prevalent yet? No. Oh, okay. Right. You're no. getting like VHS, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Just some expensive shit back then. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I still yeah. have all of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was the the Daz Band drummer. He's from Cleveland. You know, Daz Band. They were from Cleveland. The drummer, his name was uh, Ike Wally Jr. He had a VHS that he gave my dad because my dad was you know he was a, a R&B artist. And he was trying to, you know, just kind of have a, you know, promo yeah, for, you yeah. know, for himself. But my dad gave it to me. Hmm. And and uh funny enough, it it was a lot of it was a lot of music I think that Dave Weckle written. Hmm. Yeah. And so I watched I watched th- that DVD and there was some Tony Williams stuff. Uh what was and, it, the thing he did in New York? Oh Tony? Yeah, the, the uh when he had the, the yellow drums. Uh, he had the yellow drums for most of his life. Um, gosh, it, it, lifetime with Larry Young, with the organ No, no, no. It wasn't. It was uh, with Margaret Miller on, on on piano, and that was his band. Then. That was his band, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what that was called, but that that was another one. Yeah, Akira um, was the, the drummer from Japan. He was a badass. He had. All of his drums uh, hooked up with triggers. Yeah, and before it, it, the, the and, trigger thing is a yeah, thing now. And he played yeah. just sequenced music that yeah. he wrote and programmed. Wow! So it was it was pretty badass. It was pretty yeah. scary when he first came out. Yep, and yeah. Dennis, of course. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of Dennis stuff and uh, Vinny Caliuta. Um, some some of the older stuff. Do you you, you remember the? Um, I can't remember what they call it, but it was a thing that. Dave Wecko, Vinnie Caliuta, and Dennis did. It was like a big band thing. The Buddy Rich thing. It was a Buddy Rich thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it was Gad, though. It was Gad, though. Yeah. It was Gad. It was Gad. Gad was in the middle. Gad played last. Sure yeah. was. Mm. Sure was. Yeah. So was yeah. that like a benefit concert or something? Or? It was, yeah. Yep. yeah. And so you had the lineage Jesus. of Gad, which... Which would you agree, Dan? Would yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Vinny and then Weckle. And wow, they're yeah. playing all this ridiculous shit, right, buddy? Yeah, yeah and, and it was. And it started out with Weckle, and then it went to Vinny, and then and Gad then hits that shuffle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> and and Gad yeah. played like God. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like as the, he does. The, his feel. Yeah, yeah his man, feel. man. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> but those were videos that I was watching at night when I had my drum pad, and during the day I would beat my neighbors to death mm. for three years straight. Mm. And then Chris Coleman moved to Cleveland. This was before Chris Coleman was like a thing. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, this, he came to Cleveland and won a drum off there. Wow. But this was before like he, he got into the drum off. He moved there and during that three year span that I was like just locked in the basement, I heard that he moved there and uh, I had a chance to hook up with him at a studio, and I'm just sitting here watching this guy just going yeah. all night. This is the first time I had stayed up overnight hmm. 
ever in my entire life. Mm. And I didn't even touch a drum. I sat there with my mouth open mm. the whole time. Who is this kid? So Chris Coleman is kind of like a modern day Dennis Chambers yeah. okay. slash yep. Vinny. Uh -huh. Yeah. And he won a drum off in is a young kid or I No, 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 no. He he's uh I think he's a year older than I am. Okay. Uh, two years, I think. So twenty three. Yeah, from from Saginaw, Michigan. <laughs> so so and guitar put, guitar center had drum offs. Okay. Yeah. Guitar yeah. center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Guitar okay. center had the drum off. Yeah. The drum competition and he he won the whole thing in LA and okay. won a car, bike and some some other stuff. <laughs> a scooter and a shopping cart and a Yeah, right, right. And a tent and a <laughs> bow and arrow. <laughs> but then he Wheel but then barrel. he ended up he ended up playing for Shaka Khan, Prince, oh, shit. Uh, New Kids on the Block, and he tore that whole wow. L.A. scene in half and yeah. Atlanta scene. And huh. um, Do you know Chris Ross, the drummer? No. Okay. Anyway, he's a drummer that used to live here. He lives in L.A. now, and he shares a rehearsal space with Chris. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. He's nice. good friends with him. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I, I used to uh, I used to go to a rehearsal space with Chris and Ronald Bruner, in 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 North Hollywood I think it was in. Wow. Yeah, I used to go hang with those guys. Yeah, that's that's where it is. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> but that's where, after seeing him, mm. that's when it was kind of like, oh man, dude, you you can't stop. Mm. You yeah. may not be able to catch him, mm. but if you chase him, you'll be good enough. Right. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's right. good. Yeah. There's a video with him and Dave Weckl trading. Sure is. Fours. Yeah. It's killer. Oh, my God. Yeah. And stylistically, it's different. Yeah. Completely. Very different. Yeah. It's like, you know, we yeah. Weckl's, correct me, because the linear yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And then, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean. And you kind of go, I think I like Chris. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, bro, like you, you know. watch these guys and you're like, I don't even know what fucking instrument that is. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. No, well, this is, it's the same shit with me and guitar players. It's like. I, listen, I understand you're playing a guitar. I play the same instrument. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're not the same fucking thing. <laughs> Whatever you're fucking doing, yeah. that's not what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Florio, what about you, man? What, what, that, that moment when it became very real based on whatever inspiration, whatever. At some point, something clicks, right, in every of us, in all of us. Uh, when was that moment for you? Man, I, you know, <clears throat> it came way late. Mm. Even though I started working very early, I thought the work I was doing, it was just to make money. Mm -hmm. and without disparaging anybody, it wasn't good and I wasn't good either. Mm -hmm. And it probably took to the end of uh, my tenure with Connie. Mm. Hmm. And then wanting to learn how to play more like a songwriter's drummer like Keltner and mm -hmm. Picaro and so you playing with you and Kunkel, right? I mean, and, yeah, of course, Kunkel yeah. and, and, and Jim Gordon all, yeah. and all those kind of guys. Yeah, it came with you. It came with Matt Weddle wow. on that residency, and yeah. it was like I want to be able to play very inside, and I want to sound like the guys that I admire. Yeah, and not rush to the one and not uh -huh. and stop mm -hmm. trying to do some shit that's not i'm trying to speak french i've never taken a french lesson or been and been to france right. i'm trying to run buddy shit and uh. i can't i'm not gonna <laughs> run it you know what i mean or danny's it's just i'm just gonna try to and you know i i was fortunate enough to befriend or be friends with steve aroni the great drummer from 
Tom Petty now, I think he's with Mayor, and he came over to the house like early. It was like five in the morning. Wow. What? Yeah. He, and he loved Cuban cigars, so we lit up a cigar and had an espresso. And uh -huh. he said to me, you know, Mike, a lot of people say, oh, Ferroni, he's not doing anything. And I say, and what do you say? He said, I said, well, then do it. Uh -huh. And so I just wanted to try to, if it felt good, then it felt good. And I stopped trying to do stuff I wasn't willing to work on. Yeah. Right? And you know what? I said, right. no. And just, uh -huh. I have two licks. Right. And Dan and I. That's one. No. Two. That's two. No, but there was two that I can fool people with. And Dan and I recently did a gig with Johnny DeFrancesco where we did a double drum. I think ah. I, I think I pulled out my two licks, and he looked over and smiled at me like I was, <laughs> like I was, like I was fucking handicapped. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. That, was a, that was a cute Phil, Mike. Cute Phil. Yeah, that's yeah, totally true. He did me the same way. <laughs> I got, I got like this four hundred dollar drum set, and he's got this fucking Mercedes Benz. Yeah. <laughs> he's over here fucking yeah. wrecking me all. One of the best lessons of my whole life was. I, you invited me over to your house one day. I go over there. We Do we start, drop acid? No. <laughs> but I sold you your daughter some. Oh, <laughs> but I boom. Interview over. <laughs> and we started talking music and drums, and you were asking me what I was into, and I was saying whatever. I can't remember. And then you put on this record, and you go, this is what I've really been into. And you put on this track, and the drummer's just going, boom. I'm like, it just like just hit me like a, a ton of bricks. Like, yeah, just Dude. feel. It was Quest with Erica Badu. <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it yeah, was yeah. just oh, awesome. That's tough. You know, just yeah. like because that's what it all comes down to is just heart. Yeah. Right. And and feel and yeah, yeah. I think you expressing know, your soul. I think you're right. Yeah. You know, we we're bringing up Todd, but. My opinion of Todd is this, man. Todd plays that instrument, but he's a musician. Yeah, mm -hmm. he is. And that's what I really respect about yeah. him. Me too. And, 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 and enjoyed being in, in the band with him because yeah. Yeah. I always felt like he was supportive, even yeah. if yeah. he was playing a tambo. Yeah. I felt like he didn't want to jump up and cut me. And even know? if you're doing something that pisses him off, he won't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's too sweet. He won't say anything. Yeah, there's some hidden angst there. He, there's a, he might, there's some hidden angst. He's got that big truck. He'll, big truck. I swear, <laughs> one night he tried to run me over. <laughs> uh, what about you, Dan? Well, I, I, I was just... Was meeting me. I was, I was totally possessed by drums. I, yeah. I literally felt like at the age of 14 when I, I, I just made this decision that I'm going to be a drummer for the yeah. rest of my life. I knew it without question. But can I, can I just... Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I mean, did you even understand? I mean, at 14, I had no idea that being a working musician was even a thing. If I wasn't going to be Prince or, or Freddie Mercury, mm. I didn't know that there was a whole stratosphere of working musicians. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So A whole world. I, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and a way to make a living, like playing music, and you don't have to be on that stage. Like, yeah. That right. realization to me was like, 
Oh, well, fuck. I was already exposed to like bands playing in yeah. clubs and all that kind of stuff. So I just hmm. knew, you hmm. know, that I would have to, you know, start at the bottom and climb my way up. That that did not occur to me until like my late twenties. Actually, when I moved here, it was finally like, oh, there's work. There's work as yeah. a, as a soloist or duo trio. There's plenty of work here. Not, there's a living. Yeah, you can there's make a, a living. There's a, it's a tourist town. Yeah, right. The lobbies. Well, I also I also had a great teacher, Bill Zikos. And he lived like eight blocks away, and I'd always spend the weekends with him. I mean, they t- literally took me in as a son. And he was doing stuff like he and his wife, they, they had this drum shop, and they were partners with a, a, a guy that ran the guitar section of it. They would each come up, each couple would come up with $12,500, and they were booking in bands like Led Zeppelin, Three Dog Night. Um, wait, 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 wait. What? So every, the, they would chip in this bread to bring in Led yeah. Zeppelin? Wow. Yeah. They, they, between like Kickstarter. two people, they would come up with twenty five grand, and they were booking bands into Kansas City. Holy shit. Into a theater. Wow. And, and that's, that's how Bill got his start with his clear drums. Because wow. during the day, during the sound check, he would take his clear Ooh. drums down there. The drummers would see it and go, holy shit, I got to have those. Right? I'm going to snort coke off of those drums. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you say his last name again? Zikos. It's not Zikos. No, Zikos. Like yeah. E. How did they sound? Um, I... I, I don't like them. I, they're not they're not warm enough. Top and bottom head, or just top head? Both heads. Oh, oh yeah. interesting. Yeah, like they, the Vista Light. Ringing? Remember the Vista Light Ludwigs? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, they're just a little too thuddy, kind of sounding yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like wood, thin, thin shells. Yeah. Brian, did you have any other um, musicians in your family? My middle brother. Uh, Jeff was an incredible guitar player. Mm-hmm. He um, he's just he was one of those cats, man, that that uh, could pick up a guitar and sing, and he sounded just like fucking James Taylor. Wow! Mm-hmm. And I remember, so he's six years older than I am. So okay, he's sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I'm ten, eleven, twelve, and obviously you idolize right. your older brothers, your o- older siblings, and you know parents and and. And I just remember seeing, again, it's the same shit, seeing it and thinking, listen, I know that that's a guitar, but I don't know what he's fucking doing, and I don't know how he's sounding like that. And then, you know, first concert is James Taylor, uh, Springfield Civic Center, probably in 86 or 87. Wow. And just fucking blown away, like... What the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. I want that, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. and then and then just just <clears throat> consuming that James Taylor um, greatest hits uh, tape and singing the fuck out of it. That's how I learned. I think that's how I learned harmony. That's how I learned yeah. melody. Let me ask you something too. So, in your maturation as a, a singer songwriter, what are you l- listening to with all the different drummers you play with? Mm-hmm. What's the most important thing? To you, as a, as a songwriter or yeah, as yes, a, yeah, songwriter singer, yeah, with a drummer behind you. Uh, all right, so one one thing that that, that I've learned is that because because I play so rhythmically, right? It, it's a finger picky thing. I'm subdividing everything all the time. Yeah, so I don't want that in a drummer. Right, you need space. I need one open. Yeah, you know, 
And it's funny, to, you know, Todd which, and I talk about which this explains your disdain for the hi hat. Yes, <laughs> thank you. So uh, no, it's just I want I want some I, I want it to groove. I want pocket, and that's thanks to you. I mean, playing with you for for so many years, it's like what you could do with a snare and a kick drum. And by the way, one leg is just splayed out, like now you're not even working it, and you just sit in there shuffling your brushes and and uh, subdividing in a way that isn't fighting what I'm doing. Like, we can do duos all day. You and me, we're good. I'm eating egg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's it. I mean, the, the stuff, I feel like the stuff that I write uh, has pocket, so that needs to be there. I want it to be open. Um, and doesn't he have, like, the best backbeat yes. you've oh, ever man. heard? Well, exactly. Oh, my That's God. Best you know, oh, friggin' goodness. backbeat you know I've why ever you heard. Guys feel you sound way? better than Steve Gadd, dude. Yeah, man. You do. Sure, I do. You but do. you know why you feel this way, all three of you? <laughs> why? Because you're only human. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, I mean, love. you know. I feel like I blow yeah. dog, honestly. I, but, but, but You've always felt that way. I think, you know. We're trying to show you the lie. Light at the end of the tunnel. It's true. We need you back, bro. <laughs> I need acid. <laughs> Someone bring LC. Uh, no, I think that you know. I I think that it's it's a um, an open pocket, a deep pocket, but open and and not something that you know. Because also my time isn't great, right? So it's going to move. So you have to have big ears, be listening. Yeah. And, and do you want it to kind of move with you? Yes. Yeah. 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 For sure. Sure. Uh, I, I uh, think that you want it to breathe. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. Sure. Because like uh, that's how Lyle is. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, in uh, that church and R and B community, mm. they you I think you talked about this a little earlier when we was talking about um, MPC. playing with NPCs. NPCs. The NPC is trained to keep us mm-hmm. so locked. Yeah. Locked, yeah. locked, locked to the point where we can hear when most people is kind of like they, they they might wave up and down a little bit or they might just keep going faster or uh-huh. they might keep going slower. Yeah. And it it was taught to us that our job is to continue keeping that thing locked. Yeah, yeah. it'll suck. No matter what. No matter what. Yeah, well, no matter what. I, yeah. I think I think that that that. that it depends on the scenario. Like it if, does. if we're in a duo situation, yeah. move with me. Right. If we're in a trio situation, right. you know we're adding another mm-hmm. rhythmic player. So all right, when, when, once you're in a band, a, a four, five, six piece band, mm-hmm. yes, you kind of want someone to set the set the track, set the tone, set mm-hmm. the beat. You know the BPMs. Because otherwise we're gonna fucking float into various directions. So exactly. I think it's instrumentation based as well. Yeah. But an approach, you know, as a drummer, I, I would, I would, you know, you have to be able to do both. You know, it's so easier said than done. Uh huh. I believe me, that. It it took me years to to learn how to play with a click or MPC at all. Yeah, I know. And and then furthermore, when you add a band along with it, mm. oh, oh, that's another story because you guys got right. you exactly. got guys speeding up and slowing down that's, on top of that. Man, it's it's, <laughs> it's a mess. I'm it's, sure it's tough. It's yeah. tough. And then um, you know when you got other gigs, you you know you're doing more cocktail style mm-hmm. or unplug whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, just kind of being able to like just just flow with every mm-hmm. with anybody, and yeah. you know, it takes practice. Practice make perfect, and you probably want to take every gig that you can mm-hmm. so that you can get it that kind of practice consistently. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you something about the MPC, buddy. So 
this is not in my experience till later in my life, which is the gospel style of drumming. Mm -hmm. Exposed at first by Dennis, who mm -hmm. I thought at first was coming at it like Billy Cobham, which mm. I'm sure he is. Oh, yes. I heard him talk a lot about that. And so I'm, I don't want to speak for Dan. Some of the guys we admired, the Pacaros and the Gads and the Rick Maradas, mm. there was a lope to their playing. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that their time was perfect, which it was, but right, the right. Phils mm -hmm. had this breathing, loping mm -hmm. element to it. Right. Dan, right? Yeah. When I started to hear these cats, the Phils, first of all, they <laughs> some of that shit is just mind-numbing. It's mm -hmm. just like, what mm. is... I didn't feel that lope. I felt like every note, let me say this again. This is some mind-numbing drumming. Mm -hmm. I can't even, the velocity given in the note mm -hmm. is equal. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, what? how in the fuck are they doing that? Like, and, and will that work? Like, if will that work in other scenarios besides, mm -hmm. say, I'm bringing this up and I don't, the ush, will it work? It'll work in the Usher gig. Will it work in the James Taylor gig? Mm. Mm. And but and then it goes back to like it's just styles, man. It's, it's all just, fucking yep, good. Yep. It, it it that's that's really what it is. It doesn't work on everything. Yeah. It does not. Yeah. Uh, I learned that when I started when I started playing jazz. Um, I was born a gospel drummer. Hmm. That's yep. that's all I knew. Right. I my I remember my dad was telling me, "Hey, man." Your kick drum is not as loud as your snare, so you need to kick that thing harder. Yeah. And at seven years old, you you trying to <laughs> you can't even I'm, hit I'm, that I'm, shit. I can't even touch <laughs> it. That shit. So I'm basically <laughs> jumping off the drums yeah. into the bass drum. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but that that's what he, but that's what he needed. Yeah. And and the snare is a lot louder drum than the kick exactly, drum, so you got to hit exactly. it harder. And yeah. and it's closer too. Yeah, it's it's the exactly. loudest it's the loudest drum on on, on the, on the kit. kit. Yeah, and it's closer. Um, but you know, I had a hard time swinging. You know, when I was learning how to swing. Yeah. yeah. Um, that right hand is a whole other thing. Oh man, no, let me tell you this whole this whole. We talking about backbeat, which is prominently. Kick, snare, and hi hat, right? Yeah. When you when you start swinging, everything is pretty much left foot, the op the complete opposite foot, right hand, and you kind of barely using your left hand. Uh -huh. If wow. there's a singer, you may not need you you may not even need yeah. to use right, it. Yeah. It's top down. Yeah. Huh. Think about what that's doing to your posture. Uh. That's something you need to practice. I'm talking about if you're going to do both, right. you need to practice that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. get familiar with how you're even sitting. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, huh. it's, it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, to answer your question, it doesn't work on everything, yeah. but there, there are times when you can kind of sprinkle it in other, in other sure. genres. You can, you know, kind of fuse it a little bit yeah. if you crafty. Yeah. Chris yeah. Dave. That's that's the oh man, we talking about a monster. I, I saw him with Kenny Garrett. In fact, I had to play before him. Man, and it was like he the right hand, Dan, was like every jazz drum you've ever loved. What was happening underneath was traditional, but I don't I don't I just I had to leave. It was in the middle of the street in New York. I had to just walk walk wow. away and find a bar. <laughs> Chris Dave is the perfect marriage. Yeah. Of of gospel of gospel in pocket or in tradition. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Huh. 
Huh. He is the perfect marriage. Chris Day. Chris Chris Day. Chris Day. Dave. Okay. Got her. Yeah, he started. He started with a bang. Um, well, he he done many other tours, but he's most famously for like Mint Condition, the R and B band. Okay. But then you hear him playing with Kenny Garrett, yeah. huh. and it's like, this is a whole other beast. How about yeah. his band, Drumheads? Drumheads, <laughs> and that's fused because, you know, he he got this thing where where he he got like a horn player and a bass player playing two different songs. Sax player is playing like this jazz bliss. Uh-huh. Bass player is playing like this funked out soul thing. And he is playing both songs in between. Oh, Jesus. Like he's on, going man. back and forth. Now he's, he's, nuts. he's coming out of the Dilla thing though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Out of Most what? Definitely. There was this producer that produced oh. like a common, right? Yeah, and, common. And so... Sometimes when they're correct me if I'm wrong, buddy, when they're quantizing, right, it's not right. So like you know the the, the bass drum is like it's staggered and yeah, yeah. but right. they yeah. Yeah. this fucking guy owns this shit and it is so creative, yeah, and yeah. so amazing. Chris he's, Dave, man, it's hard to do and he's the best at it though. Okay. Yeah, he's so the, the the kind of speeding up and slowing down. Yeah, well, it's. It's it's kind of like if go if, ahead play it. If there's a, if there <laughs> if there's a kick if there's a kick drum here, he got this thing where he will kind of flam the hats. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and, that and then good. you know what I mean. Sure. And like this shit up, let's go. But he owns it in the most musical way that yeah uh-huh. that's ever been. I, I love that you stuff. Know? And it's and and the machine can do it. The drum machine sure. can do it. Sure, but. To actually consistently do that live, it's com- is really hard, and yeah. he's a king. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, man. <laughs> I hope that helped. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, getting to uh, gospel drumming, yeah. is it the whole term? Is it becoming exhausted yet? Like, is it kind of the the term gospel drumming? Is it starting to be frowned upon because it's been said so much, you know, and used so much, or or is it still vibrant? I, th- in, in my opinion, I I think both. Okay, you know, it depends on where you at regionally, and it depends on where you at mentally too. Right, you know what I mean. Um, I'm happy that. Gospel Chops has a term now because it was a style of music that nobody knew what the name. It was just like, it's that thing that those guys do. Like, right, yeah. all of them do it. And they all yeah. sound the same. Yeah. But they didn't know what to call it. Right. And I think it's cool that it has a name. Sure, yeah. But, you know, uh, you know, there there are some, some that kind of took it a little too far maybe. But I, I am hap- happy that it has a name. And, I, and, mm. and it needs to stay that way. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? In as, my a, opinion. as as a genre, as, as an a approach, genre. Yep, you yep, know to, all that to, yeah. to, to to a drum style, right? Right. You know what I mean. Right. So, it's, it's, who are some of your favorite gospel chop type drummers? Um, my favorite gospel jo- gospel chop drummers will be there's uh, Calvin Rogers. Okay, look him up. He's uh, he's he's kind of everywhere. <laughs> okay. Um, there's Joe Hayward. Okay. You can find Joe Hayward. He done the Beyonce thing. So mm-hmm. like, okay. uh, when she had a a not the girl band, mm-hmm. when right. she had like a male band and stuff like that. Right. That was him and 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 Destiny Child. Um, let me see. Oh, it's, it's so many of them. Spanky. <laughs> Spanky is definitely. A, oh my 
God. One, one day I was on YouTube and I found like these 15 year old drummers. There was three of them and they were just playing yeah. so great. I couldn't believe I it. I just have to remember. shut that off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and that's, that's the thing. It's, it's grown so yeah. Yeah. much. Yeah. When I was coming up, we didn't have YouTube. Man. I know. Yeah. YouTube, yeah. man. We didn't. No. Oh my God. When you were coming up, we were sending letters. We had the Pony Express. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, we were sending up smoke signals. <laughs> Have you heard Man. this CD? You know, no, tape, you know, it's record. So we had Morse two, code. Yeah, yeah. Dan, there were the two companies, DCI and yeah. Starlix. And I got the Starlix Jeff Picaro tape, and it was like 49 bucks. It was like, whoosh. right, yeah. Expensive. And I put it in. I was alone. <laughs> Sounds like a porno movie. Yeah. yeah sorry. Was your shirt on or off at this point? <laughs> I had a roll of paper towels, but I'm just <laughs> And look, man, he starts playing. He says, today we're going to talk about these three grooves. And he starts playing. I call it Billy Jean. When in doubt, Billy Jean. Oh. And, uh, and it's mm-hmm. just... Uh. Gro- I'm, I stand up off the couch. I think I started crying. Take your shirt off. I took my shirt off and I proposed to the neighbor. <laughs> no, nah, man, it was like. Yeah. But if you could afford one of those things, right. I mean, yeah. you were making money, but you know, for a tape. Yeah, a tape. Right. And, you know, right. and as great as YouTube is, fuck YouTube, man, because now everything's free. Free. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, I do want to say something to the gospel, the gospel chop drummers. Yeah. To 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 what you were saying. Uh-huh. Um, I think I think one of the things that that could help out um, is that I think they're getting lost because when they get on YouTube, all they see is just bliss. It's just yeah 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 dazzle. You know, you know, get yourself around. I don't want to say. You know, get yourself around seasoned cats that's been around for a while. Yeah, and playing uh-huh. different bags. And learn how to get the bag. Who was like one of the very first guys? He was a great big huge guy. I can't think of his name. Oh yeah, that's the, he. He's a friend of mine. Aaron Spears. <laughs> Who is it? Uh, not Aaron. I think he talked. You might be Aaron Spears. Might be. Mm, was he playing with Usher? <laughs> he might have been. Or was it just like a YouTube thing? No, no. He's he's been playing with lots of people. I think you're talking about Eric Moore. Yeah, oh, he's yeah, one yeah. of them. But there's one one other guy that's really big. Yeah, Eric Moore is is one of the one of the bigger guys. Yeah, that was that was and like, those big guys, man. They it's yeah. amazing. They're huge, yeah. and they can just it's like just their wrist move. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's awesome to watch them. You know, he was one of the first guys when Gospel Chops was like a when it was like a gospelchops.com. Right. He was one of the first cats that was on there. Yeah. And yeah. That the world knew about. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love that style. It's just totally amazing. Have you heard of Catholic Chops? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's, <laughs> that's where you have a couple drinks and just try to get through. Yeah. Get a couple wafers, a couple glasses of red wine, a couple, couple kids. shuffles. Let's go. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Let's take a little break. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> that was good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this conversation with three of my favorite drummers and dear friends of mine. And I just want to remind you that you can email me. I know it's super high tech now. It's so hot right now. It's so the story goes at BrianChartran.com. And I'm not going to spell it all out for you. 
So the story goes at BrianChartrand.com. Send me your thoughts, your deepest secrets, things that you've never told a human soul. Uh, or just tell me what you think about the podcast. I'd appreciate it. I love you. Hmm. I really dig that multi-tempo thing you're going for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really, really dig that shit. If you're into that shit, I really, <laughs> can you add some more fills? <laughs> really dig what you're trying to go for. I mean, it's good if you're into that kind of shit. <laughs> you sound like Steve Bad. <laughs> Walked into that one, dude. But I was Danny Filthy Joe Jones. <laughs> God, well, <laughs> Buddy Poor. <laughs> God. What about now, um, now everybody's tuned except yeah. Buddy? He's like, <laughs> I buddy, was gonna say, Endless out. Chambers, <laughs> Dennis, who Endless Chambers? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's suddenly oh. Endless Chambers. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, god. <laughs> Um, Dan, let's talk about um, your gig with Lyle. Okay. Is that cool? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, how did you get that gig? Where were you at? Kind of what was well, happening? Originally, I was hired to play some sessions with him at the original Chiton. Yeah. In, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Paradise Valley, Paradise Valley yeah. on the north side of uh, Camelback Mountain. Um, they hired three drummers. I was one of them. And... The drummer that they liked the best was actually this guy named Bob Warren, who was this great big huge guy that that I went to college with at MCC with Ray Herndon and Matt McKenzie, yeah. which which they were in the big band and they were also in Lyle's band. Yeah. But they Bob was always going to um, Mr. Lucky's to hang out with mm-hmm. those guys like mm-hmm. every night. Did you do Mr. Lucky's as well? Well, the. My problem then was I was married and I had a wife that had <laughs> I had a wife that had me on such a tight little chain. Like if I, if I wanted to go to truth, Mr. Dan. If, if I wanted to go to Mr. Lucky's, I had to ask for permission two weeks before and give her, I went. And give her ten grand. So for Buddy, Buddy, Mr. Two Lucky's before was a club on the west side. On the west on side. Grand, Grand, oh, yeah. Country upstairs. Rock downstairs yeah. and some really great musicians yeah. passed through there. Gary, wow. Gary Brzezzi a lot of times was downstairs doing the rock stuff. Do you wow. know Gary? Yeah, Gary's awesome. Wow. Plays with the Herndon Brothers. Yeah, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. Among other, you know, yeah, he's a murderer. Other. He's incredible. He's one of the nice. best drummers that's been in Phoenix for the last fifty years. And like sings this wow. guy, and like sing- Mike. And sings his ass off. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. This cat sits in and breaks your bass drum head. Oh, man. Man, yikes. Go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. And steals your girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And next he's raising your kids. (laughs) No, he doesn't do that. (laughs) But he will. He doesn't do that. He says he will, but he doesn't follow up. (laughs) Go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry, man. So, anyway, they they really they adored Bob, and you know he was like hanging with them mm. strong, and and Mr. Lucky's was it it was intense. Like 
when I did have permission to go, <laughs> I, I would go. I, I would get there. I went in. I, get I, there at 6 I went in the band. I went in the band room the first time, and they had a bowl of cocaine this big. No shit. This is like eight inch bowl, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was full. I'd never seen that much coke in my life. You like guys can I sell this to anybody? these guys? Were just, to my little friend. They were partying their butts yeah. off, but yeah. but they were just like so into like hanging and all that. Yeah. And Bob was in tight with all that, so he was in, and I I, I wasn't chosen. So Bob gets hired to be Lyle's drummer, and their first gig is Austin City Limits, right? A TV show, oh and so right after the show, after the show was over, Bob goes up to Lyle and he goes, "Where's my money?" Uh-huh. <laughs> and and Lyle said he got like 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 six inches from his face. "Where's my money, motherfucker?" Like you know, like that. Because <laughs> like um, yeah. Bob had been going through this period where he was doing cocaine binges. <laughs> He's no longer with us, so I see we could okay. we could talk freely about <laughs> this shit. Right. He was a he was a great drummer. He though. was a great drummer, man. God, what a command. Uh, yes, a wonderful mm-hmm. drummer. But anyway, he got into Lyle's face and where's my money money motherfucker? And Lyle's like, Well man, we're just gonna send it to you in about a week. That's how we do things. And and Bob was like, No, man, I need my money now. <laughs> And so after that, after that a little event, Lyle goes up to Ray Herning and he goes, I never want to see that motherfucker again. No shit. Call Dan. Yeah. Oh, wow. No shit. Yeah. So then I got the call. And then what did that look like? I mean, what, like re- logistically. Well, I was a lot skinnier. <laughs> <laughs> no. Cat's what, a buck 80? Buck 70? Yeah. And he has like, his, like inner superpowers. And I know. <laughs> Because he started a fight with me in the bathroom at Bobby C's, which was about four by You'll six. You'll never let that go, I mean, will not you? This, we came That's out, not... people were looking, we were yeah, sweating, my yeah. bruised. That and the underwear incident, you'll never let it go, will you? <laughs> Come on, you're talking about Mike, never let it go, Florio. We'll talk, we're talking about Dan's experience with the great Lyle Love. We're, yeah. try, we're trying to. We can get to the underwear thing. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Dan, I'm sorry. Let's see. So anyway, th- that's how I... Ended up so auditioning uh, f- for this band. I didn't have to audition. Okay, it, Lyle was like, "I want Dan." Gotcha. I was in. Okay, and then I flew to Nashville. We did some rehearsing. We did a showcase um, for MC Records, but he had already gotten his record deal. Mm-hmm. And the first tour was like only two weeks long. Mm-hmm. Uh, did mainly California for that first tour. And then after that, all the tours were like three months long. And most of the time, we were opening up for uh, Bonnie Raitt and Ricky Lee Jones. So we did multiple tours with those two artists, which they call that piggybacking. They'll take one artist and have them open up to, to help grow their audience. Wow. So we did a lot of that. And Anything stand out from... I mean, I know it's hard to kind of distill... You know, a, a moment or a, or a stage or a show, but was there anything from you said fifteen, sixteen years working yes. with Lyle? Yes. Anything stick out? Like oh anything? yeah, just tons of stuff. I bet. Um, I did the Tonight Show seventeen times, Letterman Jesus. eight times, wow. Austin City Limits three times. Did the White House twice, but played for Clinton and Bush five different times. Whoa. Um, and wow. and touring Europe 
Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, there's playing Red Rocks, which is oh, like my, my favorite place to play. That's that's a bucket uh, list. My very favorite was opening for Sting for 12 shows. Wow. Yeah. Oh, damn. And Vinny was on drums. I was getting ready to ask that. I was <laughs> you, getting ready to ask. You got to tell the story and I don't, you don't uh, of opening for Sting and then Sting played Kansas City because you were in Kansas City. Oh, uh, okay. Come on, we need to hear it. Right, okay. So we did 12 shows and the very last show that we did, we were in Kansas City. Oh, and, and Sting wanted uh, Lyle's band to come out and stand next to him um, to say goodbye to all of us huh. and, and say thanks and everything. And I was like, I realized I was going to be the first one that would have to walk out on stage and stand right next to Sting. And he just wanted us to kind of dance, right? And I, I, I danced like a typical white cracker, right? I, and I thought, I'm not going to stand next to Sting and dance like I dance. He said that. <laughs> he actually, you actually said, he that. said that. I said that to myself. Things. Come on. So and, 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 and so I thought really fast and I thought, well, God, Vinny's got an extra China symbol and snare drum off to his left. I'll go back there and just play the shuffle with him on Can- ah. because we played ah. the song Kansas City, right? Ah. So I'm back there playing the shuffle, uh, 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 and after about 16 bars, uh, I do a little drum feel like that. The next time I did that little feel, uh, uh, I look at Vinny and he's looking at me. And the volume on the stage was just incredibly loud. So Vinny looks at me and he screams out, I swear to God, at the top of his lungs and says, Dan, don't do any fills or I might lose my gig. Cats have been friends ever since. What? And, and I just thought, wow. Because I didn't think that Vinny would have any of that type a pressure on him, right, you know, right, that, that right. he was controlled like I had been controlled, oh, right? Yeah. I thought, mm. Vinny's the world's greatest drummer. He's never going to have to go through what I've been going through. Right. So was Julia Roberts around? Yeah, wow. she was around a lot. Yeah, but yeah. she was. Yeah, and, and every time she came around, she would usually come up to me at some point. Uh-huh. She liked to smoke cigarettes and drink beer. Oh, so God she would come me. up to me because I smoked Naturally. cigarettes and drank beer. Right. Mm. And uh, after that would happen, then I'd, Lyle would just be like really pissed off oh, at me. God. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? I'd smoke cigarettes and drink beer with <laughs> Julia Roberts. That's what you're so, supposed to do. So the Lyle gig was essentially playing in bounds. Pardon? Playing in bounds. Oh, yeah, very No much. extra yeah. 16th note, yeah, yeah, and yeah. don't drink with my old lady. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And, and, and how hard did you guys hit rehearsals? Like, like, did you rehearse up to, so he could get to a point where he would say, all right, that's the fill. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or would it just be a, a little bit more organic? Sometimes, most of the time, he would just trust me to do what I would do, and I would always keep everything pretty simple. So most of, t- most of the time, he didn't have very many suggestions for me uh-huh. but but sometimes we would kind of like really get into it and try some different fills okay okay yeah but but this is stuff that would be worked out prior to tour so when you go out on in tour the, in the early days we used to rehearse for a couple of days before the tour started uh-huh. but it, i think as far as i can remember probably after the first three years most of that ended because everybody had a lot of maturity about them mm-hmm. 
they've like really listened to the record parts. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the parts that say Russ Kunkel played, he didn't want me to do live because some of them were too syncopated and mm-hmm. it would throw them off. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have to water down some mm-hmm. of Russ's parts. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you talk about? I mean, I'm I'm assuming that you met Russ Kunkel, one of yeah, the, one of the much. great. One of the great, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I talk about Russ or, or think about Russ often be, for, for a lot from the He's little incredible. Canyon. Yeah. It just, I mean, um, Bob Warren, the, the original drummer for a while that did one gig, um, he, he had a good statement about Russ. He said, the most amazing thing about Russ Kunkel is he doesn't do anything amazing. Huh. He just plays simple. I'm all sorry, the time. but that 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 recording of Fire and Rain. But yeah, I, I anticipation. Agree with you. Yeah. So Carly the, the, yeah. the drum fills that he does yes. in that. Yes, they're they're very um, they're very unique mm-hmm. because they're not your typical drum fills that he does right. on the toms. Yes, they're, they they kind of come in at spots where you, where most drummers wouldn't. Right. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. But I always thought that I'd see you, baby, one more time again. Thought I'd see you one more time again. There's just a few things coming my way this time around now. Thought I'd see you, thought I'd see you now. So Russ never had lessons, so he was all self self-taught. Hmm. And and over the years, I, I've thought about this so much because I I taught so many lessons over the years. And I've also realized that a lot of times teaching a lot of lessons to a person can actually kind of fuck them up in, mm. in certain ways mm. because they get way too structured. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what, what I started realizing with a lot of these great players like uh, George Benson, Buddy Rich, all these players that never had lessons, they and Russ Kunkel, they they don't have all that stuff like yes. pre-programmed right. into them. Exactly. And they come up with these new yes. creative ideas. Right. And that's exactly what he did on Fire and Rain. Wow. Um, I, I I was able to go see a show that he did with uh, Carol King, the two of them, and they played that song, and Jesus. Russ was on drums. When they started playing that song, I literally started bawling yes. my eyes out. Yes. Same shit. And, and Russ, um, I asked him after the show, I said, man, did you did you play the, the exact same fills that you did on the record? Because it sure sounded like it. He said, yeah, for this show, I decided to go back uh, and play exactly what I wow. did on the record. That's crazy. Jesus, yeah. And, and I, I just cried, man. Yeah. It, 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 um, it was simple, but like I said, those drum fills... And that one song are just so incredible. It's it's such a statement, and yeah. in a in a song that that really is about the lyric and the sentiment. Though that that, that drum part, yeah. Still and the other me. thing about that is he's doing those drum fills with brushes, right, right. And he's kind of really hitting the toms yes. really hard. You can hear which it. hadn't really been done before. Yeah, it hadn't been done before. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, another... I feel like that's one of those parts. Sorry, Dan. 
that you leave alone. It's like if you wanted to play Fifty Ways, right? I, oh I would just have to come up with oh something. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. do it, right, buddy? I yeah, yeah. But Let that's a song. Th- like when I saw Steve Gadd do that same song, oh, I was kind of like, wow, I kind of same shit. Yeah. I, I, I like what Russ did, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Dan, how did Lyle when he played with Steve Jordan? I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> Steve, that's another thing, man. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, yeah. It was yeah. Lyle and Steve. Yeah. Well, well, so Lyle and I fought a lot all the time, right? Over oh, tempos. Steve Jordan. Uh-huh. Steve Jordan. Lyle was very challenged with timing. No shit. Yeah. So he Most would. singer songwriter. Okay. He would. <laughs> I've heard enough. Most often slow down. So if he had a lot of words strung together yeah. quickly in a phrase, he would start to slow down. And then after the sentence of the words were finished, he would speed back up on the guitar. Uh, okay. Because he also played guitar. Right. The songs that he didn't play guitar on made it a breeze. But it, uh-huh. when he's playing guitar, it, it was a whole nother element. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, huh. let's see. I forgot where I was going. Steve George. Okay. So, Lyle asked Victor, the bass player, I just want to go, you know, he told him, I just want to go ahead and, I, I didn't hear this, but the exact words, but I'm sure he just said something like, I want to replace Dan. I want another drummer. Who do you suggest? And Victor said, Steve Jordan. Oh. Okay. Uh, right? So they get uh, Steve Jordan, they fly him in, and the very first show that Steve plays Jesus, is, is a TV show for MTV Live, right? And they do the show, and Lyle was furious. He hated Steve's plane. Can you imagine? No, I no. cannot imagine that. Because no. he, he killed that James Taylor uh, live. Oh my God, live at the Beacon Theater. <laughs> yeah, live. At, that's one of my the best God. shows I've ever Jesus. seen in my life. Have you so, heard that, bud? Yes. Yeah. Uh, how sweet it is. Yeah. My God. Jeez Louise. But so I watched. I watched this show with Steve with with Lyle, and it sounds great. He didn't do any of the fills. He didn't do any homework. He didn't do like any fills that I did or anything. What's the phone story where he's late? Who? He was on the phone because Lyle was real adamant about cats being on time, and Steve was on the phone. Steve Jordan? Maybe Todd made that up. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know anything about that. But, it, but anyway, so Lyle hated Steve Jordan, and they called me up the next day and said, Dan, we're so sorry. So sorry, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Did they apologize? No, you got to Yeah, pay they apologize big time. <laughs> they give you a raise? <laughs> Uh, not that time. We're gonna put, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put you in comfort plus just to get you out. Not first class, but not coach. We'll put you in comfort plus. <laughs> so much or at this time, I may not say nothing if you smoke with <laughs> Julia Roberts. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I might let one slide. What about you, Mikey? That moment. I didn't play with Lyle. Love it ever. No, I no. <laughs> But like in listen, in nineteen ninety eight if he talked to me like he talked to Dan <laughs> I'd have stolen Julia. No, I would have dug in. You would have. What about you know, but but you know, like a moment like a like a moment that you remember where it was like, fuck, this is super real, this is music that I love, this is yeah. this is heavy shit. Like we're here we are, like welcome to now. I think there were plenty of Connie Cole gigs where I yeah. I thought, well, okay, I sound, I think anyway, I sound like guys I admire, Harvey mm-hmm. Mason or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then moving on to 
your band, especially that second album, that's something I can live with. You know, mm-hmm. some stuff's hard to live with mm-hmm. because you're listening so critically. But that second album, mm-hmm. you, you know, the fight. I was afraid. I was afraid of that click track too. I was. I, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. How does that affect? You know, all right. It, but let let let's, let let's talk about that. Okay. Um, Before you get into the click track, yeah, stuff. Um, I I just want to state that. For God, close to ten years, my very favorite band in town was Mike and Connie's band. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah. my very favorite band in town. Whenever I had any friends flying in from out of town yeah. that I wanted yep. to entertain or yep. impress, yep. Yep. show them something cool, to, oh. yep. to see yep. Mike Agreed. and Connie. Let's they were my favorite band in town. Agreed. Yes. Now, I'm, now I'm gonna cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that. But that's the same shit. And we and we talked about this before. But I I do want to get to you know a drummer's approach with a click track, but. Yeah. Um, I do want to say that the legacy that you created and, oh, and the community that you created man. Uh, is untouchable. And, yeah. and it, it changed my life completely, introducing me to the best of the best in town and inspiring, man. Just go, like, man. find a place that, that you can go and be inspired by people that you can talk to. And, and you know, like, that's that we don't have yeah. that anymore. Yeah. I, so much so I I hate it when I came in. <laughs> I, like, I hate it too. I hate it even more than you hate it. <laughs> when I came when I came into town to to visit the conservatory, Lamar had took me to Voce. No, no. And I I I think that was the night. I think it was um, Mel Brown, uh, Dowell. Um, Dominic Amato and mm. Raul was playing. Mm. Oh, okay. You know what Jesus, I mean? Man. And you know I. I was like, yo, this is the spot. This, right. I, this got to be the spot where, right. where yeah. everybody go hang out at. Yeah. We don't have it right now, man. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. We do not. I got people, I got, the reason why I said I hate it is because I got people that come in town and they're like, yeah. where are we going? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. honestly, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, man. right. You know? Yeah. Um, cock and tails, maybe you know, but you got it. You got to get. You got to be here on a Tuesday. Right. If you're here on a weekend, yeah. I'm, I'm just not sure. Yeah, the zoo gets kind of old, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> well, I, pre- I, I, pre- I appreciate that. And Brian, do you have cash laying around? I mean, yeah, I got some cash upstairs. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, don't worry about that. Man. You uh, cool with ones? <laughs> <laughs> you got you got strip club cash. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean uh, that you know, Voce vo- is it has such a special place in my heart and 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 provided s- such a deep need and 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 no pretension and it was there was just something magical about it anyway it was i love you for that you know i love you for a number of reasons but but that was you know a big uh learning experience for me and and it's like listen man if you're gonna if if, if you think that that you have earned the right to be on this stage you better bring some shit and and it, and it was immediately apparent, you know, uh, not only the people in the crowd, the people on the stage, you meant business in in, in the greatest way possible, mm-hmm. and 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 that shit has has sent me, uh, you know, fifteen years later or ten years later, it's I still think about that club and and the community that oh, yeah. you that you fostered and 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 the musicians that you brought together. It was a beautiful moment, so thank yeah. you for that. Just you were the king, dude. Yeah, I don't know you still that. are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Come on, go. Cheers, 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 cheers. Um, but let's talk about uh, working with a click because uh, 
<laughs> when we were going in to make that second record. Todd scared me, man. It's no, no, no. It wasn't <laughs> Todd. It wasn't Todd. Let's call him, right? Yeah. Him Let's get him on the horn. I got him on speed dial. <laughs> but we had made the first record. We right? had made the first record. It was all live. Second yeah. record was going to be two click at Otto's Chaton yeah. Studio, the great Otto Chaton uh, Studio on Brill Street. Yeah. Um, incredible space. Yeah. And I. And I said to you, you know, all right, we're, let, let, let's do this to a click so we can add some shit, take some shit out. We, there was much more structure to those songs yeah. on that record. Yeah. And so I was, I mean, the honest truth is I was, I had played to a click before, but I didn't feel like I, you know, I had heard this story where Weckl wanted to recut something in the electric band, band because it had rushed. And Chick said, man, that's what you played. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, well, how am I supposed to, make shit feel good if I gotta listen to this non-musical fucking thing in my head right but then I heard <laughs> I I heard Picaro had built clicks that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Picaro had built these wide clicks with yeah. shakers and yeah right and I thought well on the, there was a, a lot of ballads and right. well there's two I played on and I thought well if you yeah if the click is in, in double time that'll help me and if right. it's if everybody has it, that'll Can I happen. just remind you that... Oh, fuck. Like, 48 hours, but... I mean, all right, we spent some time, spent some bread, getting everyone together. Todd would have killed it, man. This motherfucker, 48 hours before we go 48. into the studio. 48, come on. 24, all right, 24. How calls about, me, eight hours. I ain't doing it. He's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not playing the gig. I can't do that. I'm not doing this. I can't use a click. I can't... Oh, wow. And I'm like... I think I've heard this story. And I'm like, motherfucker... <laughs> Fucking Lamar. <laughs> but Lamar's like, you know, it's a very like respectful story version of the story. No, he's you know, Florio's like, I, no, I, I can't I can't do it, man. You had an investor on that record. Yes. And I'm thinking you're gonna listen, bro. I had a, no, you bro, didn't I had say you're gonna fucking play, man. You're gonna what? I had to, I had to talk him off the ledge, you know. And I'm oh, like, a little bit, man. I so mean, fuck. Did, did he play? Yes. Okay. And he and he killed it. I bet. Well, yeah. here's what happened. Okay. Todd Shuba again. <laughs> Where is this motherfucker? His name with... sure keeps coming up, huh? He called me and he said he felt bad because he had brought he brought it up because these. And he said, man. You, Look, you've played with a click, and I had, yeah, but I'd never buried a click. Uh, I played below it. I played on top of it, and I knew that. I knew that it might right. be out of my deck. Don't think about burying the click. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> but I did, Dan. <laughs> All right. Okay. No, Good for you. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, he was like, man, let's just, just go cut. Yeah. And you know the parts were simple. Yeah, they weren't intricate parts, right. and and there's a lot going on. And I knew that those. I I'm like, well, essentially we had we had rehearsed those songs. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, the the bass drum parts or kick drum, whatever. Right. The kick drum parts are simple. Right. And Mario, right. it's Mario. Right. right. It's Lamar. Right. All these right. guys have a great right. feel. Exactly. And I just okay, man. As long as. And it was. One of the, I mean, I still think about that session. I mean, I, I love. I love it. that. I can I live with. It. I can live with that. Yeah. That, that's like one of the things you go. Well, I did this. Right. And that's hard for me. Yeah. I played mm-hmm. on Connie's records, and I had no business playing on her records. And I played 
with Marion on some records, Marion Meadows, and, mm. and had done some other stuff. I played on some Tower of Power demos, which wow, it was a disaster because <laughs> I was so nervous. But uh. but that record is like mm. I can. That's like one of those things you go. I did okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway. All right, man. What about anyway. the Power Tower demos? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Clark called me and said... Does he still have them? I'd love to hear man. that. I got, I got a chance. <laughs> hey, I, got, I got a chance to have dinner with Emilio Clark and Chester Thompson. The, wow. The, the legendary... Todd player. just hired Chester. Yeah, yeah. For, Todd just oh, keeps I mean, coming up, huh? Yeah. And uh, so... The ghost of Todd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Todd. He's around here somewhere, man. I'm going to tell... Before we go, I got to tell you guys a Todd story. <laughs> oh, but anyway, so uh, so Clark goes, I want you to demo these dudes' tunes, and they're for Tower or a Tower record. And <laughs> I'm thinking it's a fucking audition. I'm like... Yeah. It's ju- just horrible. Because there's a click there, and you're getting tight, and it's yeah. stiff, and nothing. And man, yeah. The other night we, it didn't come up, thankfully, but it was like, that's some shit. I wish <laughs> just mm-hmm. go away. It <laughs> 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 was like, poof, poof, poof. <laughs> so like, just horrible, just horrible, man. Buddy, what about you, man? Was there is there a a, a moment from the last? say 10 years where you know being on a stage or being behind a a, a particular band that, that really stands out uh my band yeah with unlimited when um i mean you know when i was like just in the basement just shredding all these mm-hmm. chops and shit and yeah i would like go to places and you know kind of test it out and uh-huh. see how it's gonna work out and Sometimes it would go good and sometimes it wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there was that, there was the moment when uh, me, Lamar, and Will were in the basement and we were practicing a Victor Bailey tune. I think it's called Knee Jerk Reaction. Dennis Chambers is on his record. Uh-huh. And his groove just kind of go. And he's got all this other stuff. You know, um, once once I dug in and when we rehearsed it, I felt like, OK, I think you really tapped into the interpretation mm-hmm. and not only just in practice, but when we played out, I was like, OK, now you can try to be free. Hmm. You could be free a little bit. Hmm. You know? So what was it about that moment that that made you feel that way? It was the it was the connection from mm. like uh from 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 the record to what we played. I mean, it was almost identical. I didn't feel like when I first listened to the record, it felt like, man, I'm never gonna be able to do this. I'm probably gonna have a different version of this, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna make it my own or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I but I I went for it. I tried, mm-hmm. and uh, even the syncopated stuff that he did at the end, it was it was it, it was nuts. Uh, because he kind of flipped the beat like all the way, like a sixteenth note over, and oh, just Jesus. kept playing, and it was freaking crazy. And I heard it, mm-hmm. and when I was able to play that, I was like, "Oh wow, man, hmm. Hmm. dude, mm-hmm. don't be scared to don't be scared to just go for it. Don't try yeah. it. Don't don't yeah. don't be scared to try. Don't it. overthink it. Yeah, man, just just play play how you you know how you felt it. Right, yeah. It hit you a certain way. Play it yeah. like that. Right. You know, and you put in the time. Yep, I did put in the time. 
Yeah, man. What about what about uh, drummers that are inspiring to you right now? Are there any? Well, new I'll, cast? I'll have to say this real quick. Um, I do quite a bit of gigs uh, as a percussionist, mm-hmm. so I get to play with a lot of different drummers. Yeah, two of the very best drummers I've ever played with in my whole life are Mike. And Buddy, yeah, yeah. I, I did a I did a Lucky Devils gig yep. with Buddy, mm-hmm. and sure literally after the set was over, I just felt ecstatic mm. inside because wow. his drumming was so good. Wow. Just tons That's... of like gospel chops mm-hmm. and linear playing, lots of just really intricate like tom fills. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like totally shocked on yeah. how, how great of a drummer he was. Plus, just an amazing backbeat that was um, always there. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. So were you playing percussion on that game? Playing percussion. Oh, wow. Correct, yeah. 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 So, so maybe, maybe we can talk about that. I know that those are two different brains and two different approaches, but yeah. they, must, they must feed on each other. Sure right? they do, yeah. 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 So, yeah. You do you do a thing, um, a two drummer thing w- with a Grateful Dead uh, cover band with Todd with Todd Schubert. Here he comes again. Todd Schubert. I never Todd. cared. Hi, for Todd. That guy. Just come in the room, Todd. You know you're here. He's got that gray hair. Yeah, I, mean. I know it's a little. No, um, I mean, is that so? It's so it's exciting to to work with other drummers or be it's a percussionist. Sure, it is. It be, is amazing. The the best thing about it is uh, being a percussionist. You're usually set up right next to the drummer. Yeah. So you get to steal uh. as much information as you can from the each drummer other. that you're playing yeah. with each other and to, to sit next to each of these guys it's they're different styles yes. but after the set is over i just literally with both of them i feel it, literally ecstatic inside like yeah wow this is why i got into the music this is why when i was 14 Man. i decided i wanted to be a drummer because you get this this feeling yeah. inside yeah. of you yeah that it is uh you rejoice inside yeah. of your soul right yeah. yeah so with both these guys with mike his backbeat and the and the feel that he has yes. i just like i i literally after the set i go out in the parking lot and i'm just like god damn i can't believe how great you sound man it's just that's amazing true. man that's the experience i got when i when i first seen you play i was at uh i was doing the, the jam session at at the nash uh-huh and I was on. I was like the drummer on the gig, uh, and then you know they let everybody sit in, <laughs> and I hadn't met Dan yet. I hadn't even heard of Dan, uh, and then when Dan sat down to play, and I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck they called me for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not getting back on these drums. Like, <laughs> it was so it was so educating, man, just to sit back there and 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 watch you play, man. Oh, thanks. It was it was it was so much stuff that I that I. I grab from you, but I I don't know if I'm I'll ever be able to play it like that, man. That's right. That's a that's a Dan Tollison thing, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's a Dan Tollison thing that <laughs> Buddy's not gonna get. Sorry. Yeah. I I think that uh, I think that. <clears throat> so we played a little bit, Dan and I, with with John, mm-hmm. DeFrancesco, and I want Dan to play drums. Mm-hmm. You know? Man, and basically, I'm tired and. He's, and I'll and I'll screw around, but usually I just sit there and have a drink. But here's the thing, man: like to play with 
guys that play the drums mm. too, Todd, mm. Dan, <clears throat> the ears, your ears have yeah. to get a little bigger. So then you need to make room. Right. And I'm not super busy. Uh, at least I don't think I am. And that's important. But the first time I really, it would re, I, I, I was on the road with Connie and we played this gig with all these all-stars and <laughs> Lenny Castro was playing percussion. Hmm. And it was some funk tune, and he was playing Shake Array. Mm. And I'm I'm just kind of playing, and I'm thinking, this is what it feels like to play mm. with one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to play with Dan and Todd, their time is, first of all, is excellent. They got yeah. great feel, and it's like, I'm sitting here playing with these beautiful click tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you know. <laughs> then we did two drum sets, which I've never done in my life, and I thought, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to get my ass handed to me tonight nah. he shows up with this $28,000 DW gold plated there's you take the lugs there's the cocaine in the lugs diamonds on the bass drum beaters spinners there's a, for real I show up with a $300 Yamaha the bass drum is like the size of this glass and man and it was so cool and we're different right we're different yeah, right. but those moments where you're both hitting this groove, right? Yeah, and you and you're in the same place. It's like a fucking train, man. Yeah, man. It's like, yeah, like man. it's like like the bands with the double drummers, like yes. Tedeschi Trucks, or even Almond the Doobie Brothers. Brothers, Almond Brothers. Yeah, that Good shit. Man. There's no, there's no flams. It's just yeah. like a big whack. Yeah. And that night at Kaz was like, all right, man, this is cool. And then yeah. you know Dan can do shit that I, you know, I used to dream of doing, and just let him do it. Right. Yeah. I'll just do my thing, and that's right. that. There's a, there's that. There's yeah, a but benevolence. That, that stuff is only good for so long, and you got to come right back down, over. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. You gotta I, come I still think, but buddy, with a percussionist or two drummers, yeah. you there's this sort of un. I'm not the most benevolent guy in the world, but there is a musical benevolence. There's that yeah. thing where you. Yeah. Go well. Where are we going? What, right. right. There's this. There's, there's know, a specific creative hallway that only exists just for yeah. you two. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Man, and we're, it's, we're not sparring. No. We're oh, beating, no. Together, we're oh, beating the shit out of somebody. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and then Johnny played drums, man. <laughs> yeah, that was great, man. Johnny played drums. Yeah, yeah he I was, was shocked. Like, what? You know, yeah. Metric modulation. I don't even know the fuck he talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. Wow. Doing a bunch of polyrhythms and shit. That's. Yeah. And by the way, let me send a shout out to that whole family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, week, man. God, yeah. God. Prayers with him. Yeah, Johnny yeah. is definitely one of the best musicians I've ever played with in my whole life, man. And I've played with a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, and he's at the top of the list. It's a hang. God, and it's a and it's a hang. Yeah, right? I mean he's he, the, he'll his, blaze his emotions. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just incredible. yeah, like when he goes home, it's like it's so. Right. Mm. <laughs> I mean, for him, I mean, I don't know right. what's left. Right. Luckily, he's on the keto diet or something. He's <laughs> and and you booked me on a couple gigs with the two of them, and that was just insane. Yeah. Playing with both those guys together at the same time. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Man, I remember. I'll, I'll never forget that. I don't want to get on a Joey thing, but I, we had this gig in Westchester after we made the record, or after Joey made the record with Joe Pesci, and it was like sort of a low profile gig and it came with a lot of dysfunction courtesy of the actor but 
So afterwards, uh, I brought this, my friend Tom Serino as a kind of a security uh, tour manager guy. And gigs over, and, and Tom, I said, I'm starving. He goes, a pizza joint. It's in Westchester outside of Philly. So we go to the pizza joint. And we have something to eat. And we're walking back. And it's like 2 a.m. And there's music. And I come up the stairs, and it's Joey and John putting on a show. No shit. Like a review of really great music and and comedy, and there's this great big bouncer, and he's like, you got to get him off the stage. I said, I can't. I can't get those guys. <laughs> what am I going to do? They were, yeah. they were amazing together yeah. as yeah. as musicians and br- and brothers, brothers. yeah that's, that's exactly yeah. that's those brothers get on my nerves man yeah <laughs> i mean just yeah joey got everything man yeah. wow. but you know i think he was i don't want to get too far into this but all that talent aside i think he was a guy that woke up every day with the intention of being a good human and i think mm. that he achieved that oh yeah sure oh yeah you can read that on him even if you didn't really know him like that if you didn't know him for like a long time if you just met him you can read that on him he also achieved being one of the world's greatest musicians how many people get to do that and and when he shined his light on you and said hey man that that was grooving as fuck and you yeah you shit he told my father one time you could have been a contender because he invited my dad over to play i think my dad floated out of the house that day you know but but anyway Yeah. Shouts out to those those yeah. fine people. Yep. Yeah. Dan, yes. Mike, buddy, I appreciate you guys. Sure. Thanks I, for having us. I feel thanks like for having we me, could man. do this uh, yeah. for a couple more hours, but yeah. Let's uh let's, let's cut it off. <laughs> let's hey, call hey, Todd, Todd. For another hour. <laughs> let's just do an hour on Todd. Let's go. Where is he right now? I swear he's grouse hunting. He's, uh, no, he's re- <laughs> he's, re- a, he's, he's painting make, his making, uh, you know whatever. He's making a plant-based lasagna. <laughs> but no, I mean there's so many great drummers here. Yeah. John Lewis yeah, and, John. and 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 mm-hmm. um Yeah. All uh, kinds of cats and, yeah. and Matt Goodman and all these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get, get Steve Gadd. Steve, Steve Gadd's here. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. Let's get him over here. Let's get like 14 <laughs> guys in with Gadd. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just talk. We'll just watch. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the time. I, I, I love to hear how you, how people come to their instrument and, and listen, we all share a passion and whether we play the same instrument or not, it doesn't matter. We share that passion and we are a part of a community that looks out for each other. And I'm so proud and blessed uh, to be a part of, of of a community. Like when, when you find your people, you yeah. know, yeah. like yeah. that's a fucking thing, man. It is a thing. Yeah. And, and I found it and it, and it's in large part because of you guys and, and, I, I listen, man. I grew up as a drummer. I'm a terrible drummer now. I'm a moderate. Uh, <laughs> you're good, man. No, come on, man. No, you're good. You play my drums, no, no, man. No, no, I, I got, I got, I got one. I got a one and a two, and that's it. Uh, okay. One or two. Uh, no, I love oh, you guys. I, I really appreciate you guys, and yeah. I and I love that we are a part of a community together, um, mm-hmm. and 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 we are very. I'm I'm very grateful to have you guys in my life. And and that you are open to coming and hanging. Tell us before we wrap up. Just tell us a little bit about your sold out show at the Mim. Yeah, 
And by the nice. way, what's this yeah. pay? Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. You cut a check tonight or Venmo? I'll just, I'll just sell you. Uh, it's fifty. It's fifty-three dollars, right? That's cool, right? That'll take care. Uh, well, you know, you just had a sold-out show at the Mim. Sold-out show, yeah. Um, this idea of uh, a James and Joni show. Uh, yeah. James Taylor, Joni Mitchell, huh. um, and 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 it's basically the the live from Laurel Canyon band, and yeah. and it was fucking awesome. I mean, right? I, was who, who played drums? Todd. Todd. <laughs> Todd. Should we get him on? Todd. Hello, Todd. Todd. Are you there? Is that Hello. You? Hey, let's get him on the phone. <laughs> when did it, when did this happen? Uh, Sunday night at the Moon. This yeah. past Sunday. Yeah. Two yeah. shows. <laughs> Just one. Nice. Wow. Yeah. And he, I, he didn't call us. I know. He, made a lot of, <laughs> he made a lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah, just <laughs> tens of dollars. Like, yeah. Tens of dollars. No, but it was great. It was it was really great. It was, I mean, you know, we all know that room, and, yeah. and we all know those players, and yeah. they. It's come. sort of a hard room, man. You have it to is. really watch the volume in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I put yeah. tape all over the snare. You can't hit yeah. in there, man. Yeah. Right. You man, dude, people. I just played there. Oh, uh, with uh, Lee. Yeah, with Lee. How Pereira. was that? Uh, man, it was it was really cool. It, it wasn't sold out. We had sixteen seats left, so wow. we owe you one. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> but it 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 was cool. The thing is, we were loud as hell. Yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. were loud. I saw. As hell. I saw. And, and did it kind of bug you? A little bit. Yeah, I, I, I was because I was the scared, room man. kind of lets you know yes. you're too loud. It right. did, man. Yeah, but but that was his thing, though. He right. wanted to, he yeah, wanted to yeah. kind of rock out at least yeah. for that last tune he wanted to rock yeah. that thing out i yeah. saw tower Ooh, power there man. and they over they were overdriving oh, the system I, 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 I mean okay. i saw maceo parker there but did it sound bad uh, a little bit no or? no when it's loud in there it doesn't oh, sound bad okay well okay. they just they just kind of cut it yeah right and okay. let the natural yeah. And, yeah. and joel uh shout out to fucking joel who runs the board like he understands that room yeah. front to back yeah okay. so he he'll just cut yeah. Whatever, yeah. If, if if there's stage volume, on the drums or the, or the bass, he understands it and 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 mixes the shit out of it. He yeah. he crushed that ten dollar outfit show, or not ten dollar outfit, sweet remains, sweet remains, yeah, 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 crushed it. Yeah, good. And yeah. you know that was sometimes three acoustic guitars right. or two in a whirly right. that sit in that mid range. Right. Man, everything. Everything was And he perfect. panned it out a little bit. He's like, I'm, I'm going to put your guitar over here yeah. a little bit, you know. Yeah. And just to space it out, like, he knows that fucking room. And he knows that fucking board. And that that knowledge goes so far, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shout out to the fucking Mim. That, that, that's, we are very, I'm grateful yeah. to have that room. Right? That's a point of pride, and, man. And, and, and 300 is like the perfect number of seats for a small intimate thing yeah. mm-hmm. and, and maybe we do two but but for one show like that's the size room yeah. and it sounds fucking great remember on the early incarnation of laurel canyon you guys would go up yeah. beyond the mics yeah yeah you can do that there you rip, can't you, you can't, can't yeah, do that course, in, yeah. in other rooms i would rip people's hearts out man you just wonderful. go up you go up in front and just sing acapella and it fucking carries, yeah. and that's there. There aren't a lot of rooms like that yeah. in, in Arizona. Yeah. yeah, it's a point of pride. The whole thing is. Yep. Mm. Shout out. Well, appreciate yeah. you, Dan. Yep. Thank you, Michael. Sure. Thanks, buddy. Buddy. All Rock, that. Dude. Thank you, you guys. Man. Thank yeah, you, you so much for Your gospel, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out. 
I would I we could do this for hours, but I really appreciate this. And and love and respect you guys all. Right back at you, man. Right back at you. Thanks. Venmo. So story goes.